Welcome back to Over Here, the podcast from Outside in Music, where we talk to artists week in and week out about their new releases and about what they're up to. And today, we're featuring Canadian singer via Los Angeles, Matt Forbes. Matt is making his way in the scene out in LA, making records, making videos, and this is his second full-length album, Solitary Man, that came out in October of 2017, and we were able to feature it on our Best of October Spotify playlist. So if you haven't seen that playlist, head on over to Spotify, search for Outside in Music, and you'll be able to find all of those great playlists uh, curated by some of our staff here at Outside in Music. And much to our pleasure, I was able to discover Matt for the first time uh, via this playlist and the track that we included, I've Got You Under My Skin, uh, made famous by Frank Sinatra in the 50s and 60s, and uh, reinvented and reinvigorated by Matt. And so without further ado, I'm going to let Matt tell you his story right now. So where, where did I find you today? You're at home? I am at home, yeah, here in uh, Los Angeles. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for chatting today. Really appreciate it and uh, letting us feature your music. Um, it was it was great to come across. I hadn't uh, found found you yet, but found you back in October, and we put you on our um, one of our playlists there on Spotify. So, man, so thanks for the music, number one. Well, then, no, thanks for the feature. I so appreciate it. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So, um, you're, you're you're a musician. You're a singer. You've got a couple records out. Um, for people that don't know you, could you give them a little background as to, you know, who you are, where you came from, and how you ended up uh, putting your second record out? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I'm originally, uh, I am Canadian. I, I uh, grew up on the east coast of Canada, a uh, small city, uh, Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia. Um, but uh, found my way down to the States. Uh, I studied uh, drama, actually, at uh, New York University's Tisch School. So I was in New York for uh, four or five years and, and had an amazing time. Um, but then when I moved uh, out to L.A. shortly after graduation, this music, which had always kind of gone hand-in-hand hand with uh, the acting I was doing, um, it, it kind of reared its head again and I, I started sitting in uh, with different groups around town and friends that, uh, you know and, and a lot of people who knew me um, only from from my LA experience didn't know that I, I did any of this music or had an interest in this this uh, kind of vintage stuff um, so it, it, it one thing led to another and I started sitting in with uh, some of the big bands around town and uh, Ron Jones, who was Seth MacFarlane's uh, composer and band leader for Family Guy and American Dad, he came into some demos I had cut shortly after I had moved out here, and uh, Seth was getting kind of busy with all of his uh, his film projects, so um, they were kind of needing a featured singer. So uh, I happened to be at the right place at the right time and started singing with uh, his influence jazz orchestra and meeting a lot of amazing L.A. studio and jazz musicians from that and, and form my own band from there. Nice. And so yeah. was jazz, was kind of jazz and, and that style of singing kind of something you'd always done since you were a kid or was it something you found later? Yeah, you know, it's I, I was trying to trace back, you know, when this stuff first started to wash over me. And I know as a young kid, I mean, I, I was, I am fortunate that my parents um, are kind of on the younger side. Um, so there was always a lot of hip um, music being played around the house when I was, 
younger and even now. Um, but I do remember when I was four or five, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and certainly Frank and Dean and those guys would be played kind of on, on the weekends in the morning while people read the paper and had their coffee. So I think it was starting to, uh, to wash over me then, but, um, my brothers and I too, um, were brought up on these vintage, uh, cartoons, uh, the Fleischer cartoons, the Popeye and Betty Boops. And you know, when you're four or five and, and you see these black and white cartoons with Louis Armstrong and Cab Calloway and, and some of these people, um, uh, you know, it has an effect and it would be later that I'd start to, you know, obviously understand who these people are and how important they are to, to jazz and, and, uh, that whole movement. But there were a lot of really, um, diverse, um, inspirations when I was younger. And then obviously Frank and, and kind of the swing in more fifties and sixties, big band stuff really took over when I was in junior high, high school. And, and, uh, kind of when I started to lean my ladder firmly against that wall. Gotcha. So is there a big jazz and music scene in Halifax? I know I've played the jazz festival there before, but I've never uh, spent too much time up there. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful city. I mean, um, the, the arts community, <clears throat> excuse me, in um, in Canada as a whole, but certainly uh, the East Coast is, is pretty vibrant. Um, I didn't get terribly involved um, only because I was studying down in the States and kind of would spend my summers uh, doing projects um, in the States. So I, I didn't really get to terribly exposed to the jazz scene in Halifax, but certainly there was no shortage of, of uh, venues and, and people doing it as I was growing up that it kind of predated my personal involvement. But um yeah, hoping to get back for the uh, the jazz festival um, next year, as that's always a, a pretty amazing time. Nice. So, so what kind of you, you came to New York to study, and then so what what brought you from New York to move out to L.A.? What kind of was the inspiration for that move? Yeah, it's um, well, you know, I, I went to NYU to study kind of classical theater. I, I um, you know, acting was was as big a thing as the music, and I decided um, that was what I was going to pursue at least initially. And I had an amazing time, um, you know, at NYU studying all that. Um, but as I was getting closer to graduation, uh, the economics of kind of New York theater and 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 everything about New York had, had uh, started to change from, from even where they were four or five years earlier. So uh, at the suggestion of a lot of my kind of mentors and, and even peers, I, <laughs> I guess I was peer pressured to make the move <laughs> out to, uh, to L.A. to pursue, you know, fame and fortune and, um, and all those good things that, uh, that are promised. But, um, and it was tough because I love New York. I, I <clears throat> don't get back as much as I'd like to, but I'm hoping to, to change that. But it was really the uh, the prospect of work, and at that time I had been doing a lot of voiceovers and and uh, and commercials and stuff like that too. So um, I thought I could do that just as well um, on the West Coast with a little sunshine, um, mm -hmm. and and also kind of dig back into the music side of things um, as I knew the the music scene out here, especially as it relates to uh, to jazz and whatnot, was was equally vibrant. So. Um, no, it's worked out. I've been out here the past, um, I guess, six years now. Six years. Nice. So the track that we ended up featuring was um, "I've Got You Under My Skin," just a you know a classic 
Sinatra kind of, I mean, my first association is with Sinatra, and I think probably for many people, that tune might have that connotation. So how do you, as a, you know, a young man making your way in this music, how do you differentiate yourself but also come out of the tradition of, of those singers like Frank Sinatra and maybe even younger guys like Harry Connick or whatever? Like, how do you sure. find yourself in that scene and kind of creating a you know unique path for yourself? That's a really good question. It's... Uh... You know, it's it's really tricky, <laughs> and it's been, um, you know, as I'm sure you know too, from from some of the people you you probably play with, um, it's it's a love hate relationship, and and for all the love and and uh, respect I have for, you know, for the Franks and Bobby Darins and and Harry Connicks who have come before, um, it, it can be a tough thing to go up against, only because you know those those guys are are so great and. So it's it's trying to carve out your own niche and your own style because you know we we imitate you know when we start out in, in this we kind of imitate um, who we admire and then over time you know um, it, it's less of an emulation and more hopefully an innovation and, and putting your own spin on all those influences um, and and that's kind of what I've I've tried to do over the past five or six years of, of uh, Kind of digging back into this music is is uh, figure out how, you know my, my way into it um, because I think sometimes the genre um, you know the, whether it's big band vocal big band stuff or great American songbook sometimes it, it does have that whiff to some people uh, of just a bunch of guys going around in fedoras and chrome microphones. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it can be um, kind of tributey, which uh, is not something I, I'm certainly knocking, but but I think there is a difference between those people who try and take these songs, uh, these great songs, um, and, uh, and, you know, bring a fresh take to them. Um, and uh, I think with things like Postmodern Jukebox kind of doing it in, in reverse in a way, um uh a lot of people especially young people are really responding to uh to this music and and kind of the integrity and and uh, depth of 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 certainly the melodies but also the lyrics too i mean a song like some of these days which i put out on my first record coulda woulda shoulda um even though it was written in 1910 um the lyrics sound like they could have been written yesterday um so so they don't have to be chestnuts and i think if you can bring, you know, some some interesting arrangement concepts to it, and and also just an authentic, um, you know, my authentic, useful point of view. I mean, the fact that I I just turned thirty, um, you know, that that's going to slant my reading of something like I've got you under my skin um, than when Frank recorded it at you know forty five fifty. Um, but it, but it definitely has been. Uh, an exciting, if challenging, exercise in, in differentiating um, myself from from everyone else trying to to put their spin on this stuff. But that's also part of the fun too, I think. Yeah, totally. And so I know that some of what you do to kind of create your own niches, you're trying to you know come up with your own. I don't mean to use this word in a derogatory way, but just covers, you know. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no, for sure. Uh, just, you know, finding other people's music to play in the kind of in this tradition. So, uh, is there, I think I read you have a couple of ones that were pretty big, right? Uh, 
Yeah, um, yeah, I, that was kind of, uh, the, the, the two bonus tracks on the, the new record, uh, Solitary Man, uh, were actually singles that I put out, um, I guess towards the end of last summer, summer 2016. And, uh, they were kind of done as, I guess you could call them proofs of concept to see how far I could push, um, you know, some of my audience, you know, one was a, a Rod Stewart song from the 80s, Some Guys Have All the Luck. Um, that we kind of put into like a, a yacht rock mode, um, but with some big band Jerry Hay type things. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one um, was the Gorillas on Melancholy Hill, which came out just seven years ago. And and I, you know, you, you wonder with with people who have, um, you know, my uh, my audience, you know, which ranges from eighteen to thirty year olds up to sixty five plus. You wonder how. Uh, how they're going to deal with with uh, you know doing a cover of a of a gorillas tune and um, what was really amazing about both those singles was was that the response in some ways was even bigger than um, what it had been for the classic pop standards and and the response for those has been pretty pretty amazing so it kind of gave me permission on this um, new album Solitary Man. Um, to, to go digging into more recent decades and different genres, I suppose, um, really just looking for great songs and not so much concerning myself with with things like genre or, or when it was written, um, because I think that's ultimately, you know, as you know, what what people respond to. It's it's just a, a great song. So, um, so yeah, no, those uh, those continue to do really well, um, and uh, uh, hopefully I, I get to push you know, um, some of the stuff and, and even more unexpected directions like that go forward. Yeah. Awesome. So the album came out, uh, we featured it in, a, in October, excuse me. Uh, so did it come out in October or did it come out in September? Uh, yes, it came out, uh, October, October 20th. Yeah. Awesome. And so what, what's happening with the record now? Are you still touring it? Or do you have any shows coming up? Yeah, it's, um, it, it, uh, it's been released independently, but um, it's uh, been doing really well. Um, doing, um, uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, press and, and promos for it, and, and uh, people have been good enough to, to really start spinning it quite heavily. Um, K-Jazz here in L.A. has been a, a great supporter of mine from... Uh, my first record and uh Sirius has gotten behind it so um there's a nice uh <laughs> there's a nice groundswell happening and and I do hope in the new year to to be doing some um some dates around the US and Canada and possibly over to the UK as well uh, in support of it as my uh, arranger and co-conspirator on this thing Callum Al um, is from London and, and kind of is the house arranger over at Ronnie Scott. So, so hopefully I'll I'll, I'll be able to uh, to do a little touring here in 2018. Nice. So, so Callum did all the arrangements for both records. Or? That's right. Yeah, and um, he I've been working with him since my first uh, EP, the little Christmas EP we put together in 2014. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we've developed kind of a, a great shorthand and, and he was instrumental in getting, uh, um, you know, really expanding on some of these concepts I brought to him, uh, earlier this year. Amazing. So a lot of our audience, uh, are 
young musicians, you know, they're trying to come up and figure out their own way in this industry. So as someone who's now, you know, had two records under your belt and, and, and other EPs and covers and everything, do you have any advice for younger musicians, vocalists that want to do something but are kind of hesitant to jump in? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, uh, I, I think it's important just to jump in um, and and to show up. I mean, uh, the one thing that was really um, driven into me as a, as a young performer um, was was just to prepare, prepare, prepare. I mean, it's the one thing. Um, it's the only thing you can really fall back on is 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 a certain readiness and and knowing your craft and. Um, Taking the time to to know everything about your instrument, whether that's you know a saxophone or your own voice, um, and um, and and you know hopefully uh, ma- trying to master it, you know, which is obviously a lifelong pursuit. I mean, I'm always amazed when people like Tony Bennett, you know, at, at 90, uh, will say, you know, he's learning something every time uh, he steps out onto a stage. That that it's that kind of lifelong pursuit but um but yeah i think it's really it's that preparation um so that you're ready for that opportunity um when it comes along um because you know i i think we've all at certain junctures you know had great opportunities fall into our laps but you know we i know personally you know i i look back and i go i wasn't quite ready to take that on and and it was probably just as well that that it didn't happen for me then um um because you know there's a readiness for everything in life but especially as it relates to to your craft i think that's really important just to you know if you can study study and and uh and just figure it out well that's great advice so matt what's next for you what are you what are you working on now that's a good question. Um, we're trying to um, to put together kind of um, a touring schedule here. I mean, that's um, something that I, I got to do a little bit after the first record, um, uh, but the, something I'd like to do in a, an even bigger way um, in 2018. So that's kind of next on the the agenda. But certainly, you know, I, I always keeping a notepad of, of other songs and, and certainly original material, too. Um, that I'd like to record. Um, it's the one thing that I would have loved to have had uh, on this this new record, um, and we kind of debated it. There were a couple contenders in terms of original tunes, um, but uh, hopefully, you know, whether we do them as singles or an EP or or a third record, um, doing some original uh, material would be uh, a definite uh, goal. For this uh, this next phase, but yeah, in the meantime, probably just uh, getting out there and doing um, um, some concerts is um, you know don't get to do that enough, and especially as, as you all know, when you, when you're working on a uh, a record, you know it's it's eight or nine months of your life anyway that you, <laughs> you your friends don't see you, your uh, um, you know your parents don't see you. It's pretty all-encompassing, so it'll be good just to kind of get out and uh, get on the stage again. Yeah, man, I hear that. So where's, where's the best place for people to connect with you and find you online and get the record? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm all over the socials, so uh, people can certainly find me on Facebook um, at Matt Forbes Live uh, <laughs> with that lovely little blue check mark. 
Um, but then uh, they can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, the Matt Forbes and uh, via my website, matt-forbes.com, and uh, people can check out all the, the music videos, and, uh, and certainly they can stream me on, uh, on Spotify and Apple Music and, and get the album on uh, Amazon and iTunes. So um, no, no shortages uh, of places to find me. Amazing. Well, Matt, thanks so much for taking some time to chat today. Appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. So if you haven't yet checked out Matt and his music, be sure to check it out on that Spotify playlist, the best of October 2017. He's got lots of videos on YouTube, on his website, and all over. So make sure you're checking out Matt and see what he's up to. Catch him on tour as he was talking about he's going to be trying through 2018 to make that happen. So be on the lookout for that. And I'm sure if you want him to come to your city, drop him a line so he knows that there's people out there looking for him to come to very particular places. So thanks again to Matt, and thank you for listening to Over Here. We hope you're enjoying these stories of these musicians whose music we're able to feature uh, via our playlists. So if you haven't gone over to outsidedmusic.com to check out exactly all of the great things that are happening with our artists, I highly encourage you to do that. If you're not subscribed on YouTube and Spotify, you're going to miss out on a lot of cool, cool music that's coming out, some big things in coming up in 2018. So with that, I'm going to sign off, and we will see you guys right back here next week.